Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right, Ricky Kane, welcome. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm excited to, to have you here with us today. Yeah, uh, I'm blessed to be here. I can't believe I was asked after seeing all the talent you have on. I mean, I'm just soaking in all, all the knowledge from all of these uh, amazingly incredible just leaders in the industry. And uh, you're one of them. So welcome. Welcome in today. Uh, super excited to have you here and excited to learn about your team and, and what I mean, success through others. So many people have been talking about that over the last couple of days. Greer was just talking about leverage and you're talking about success through others. Uh, I know we had people on here yesterday talking about ISAs and the importance. And I mean, ISAs have been talked about in this industry forever. Um, Kyle Whistle talked yesterday about uh calling them SDRs, sales development reps, like the large software companies do instead of ISAs, because ISA kind of has this uh, connotation of, yeah, I want to become an agent. But anyway, looking forward to hearing from you about really building success through others. I know you're part of Gary Keller's mastermind. And uh, obviously, Gary is looked at as one of the top people in the industry. So it's interesting. His role day to day isn't changing too much from what it was. It was literally just a strategic move to bring on more top tier talent to help us through the future and the future challenges that are in front of us that we can crush. Okay. Well, it's always fun to talk to you being you've been a part of his mastermind for so long and it's you're always like a direct connection of helping me stay on top of what Gary's thoughts are, which is, which is a great thing to be aware of. So let's talk about really what your focus is for um, 2021 and getting ready for 2021. And I mean, your team, uh, as far as looking at systems and processes, I know I always come to you for advice on, Hey, what would be the smartest thing? What would be the best thing here? So uh, anyway, really looking forward to, to hearing what you have to say today. I'll let you just take off. Yeah, well, you know, this this session is about success through others. And I think it um, kind of, I'd like to take it from the very beginning of, of my personal journey, me and my wife together. We got into business, we, we maybe had $2,000 between us. We didn't start with a fat bank account. We also uh, didn't start with supportive friends and family members outside of a few people. And so we really had to kind of figure it out on our own. And the first two years were treacherous. I still remember having to reach out to my father. And if I was showing properties that were near where he lived, I needed him to stay home and not go to the coffee shop because I needed him to take my call, Brian. I might run out of gas and I might not have the gas to get back because I don't have the money to put the gas in my in my gas tank. And there's a lot of stories like that that I have that we went through for the first two years. And so when you start thinking about reasons to build a team and succeed through others, first, you need to have kind of a why behind it, right? You have to have what's the purpose? Why are you doing what you're doing? 
And in my opinion, if you're able to succeed through all the adversity and getting into real estate, we all know that real estate has an 85% turnover rate over the first two years. And then the 15% that make it 70% of them are out of the business by year five. The real estate licensing schools are crushing it. But the fact of the matter is, is that very few agents survive. And so well, it's like you, Ricky, I, I think you brought up a very good point. Most agents I still see today coming into the business, if you're brand new to the business, your family, possibly your wife or husband, your spouse doesn't support you in your decision to move into real estate. I mean, yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point. And so for me, you know, part of the reason why it's important to succeed through others, first, it started out organic. Um, the first two or three years, my big why was to make sure that my family never had to say no to something they deserved a yes to. The second part, once we actually started becoming very successful, it was kind of organic, Brian. We, we kind of had to build a team because we were starting to get burned out by working from eight in the morning till midnight every single day. At first, the first two years is kind of exciting, especially when it was we were building momentum. And after a while, you kind of get a little burnout and you can't be in a million places at one time. So it started out organically. And then the why became, and it kind of the other layer to that, Brian, was, gosh, isn't it my duty and my obligation to now provide opportunities for other people to be blessed in real estate the way we have? It almost felt like this selfish thing of, gosh, I, I can't keep all this. This is so awesome. This is changing my life. It's going to create generational wealth for me. And I'm going to leave a legacy for my family that my great, great, great grandchildren remember me for. It's my duty and my obligation to do that for other people. And that compelled me. And that compels me to this day to grow this as big as I can. Why wouldn't I do that for other people? And I, I mentioned all this, Brian, because I think it's really important to have a strong why behind building a team. It doesn't need to be because you're lazy and there's things you don't want to do and you want someone else to do it. It doesn't need to be because you want to work less and make more money. And there are some truths to, to that reasoning. And speaking to that, Brian, I would say it's funny. A lot of people think, gosh, you don't really show that many homes anymore. You don't do a lot of sales within your team. You probably have all this free time. I'm just as busy as I was the first maybe three to four years. Now, I'm not doing 100 hour weeks. I'm down to 60 but you're still busy. You're just doing different things and maybe things that you enjoy a little bit more. But once you have that layer of people that support on you to cast a vision and to provide them opportunities and those blessings that we speak of, again, it goes back to duty and obligation. You need to bust your tail to make sure that you're giving what you promised them when they came on, because you're not only doing it for them, you're doing it for their family and for their legacy. So I wanted to start right off the bat and kind of go the why, because I think that's the most important thing to consider when um, thinking of growing a team. I'm glad you brought that up. The why always starts with something selfish. The why is always about, I want to do this. I want to prove them wrong. I want to make yeah. this much money. I want to. And then all of a sudden, as soon as it shifts to contribution, giving back to the community, giving back to these agents, making a difference in their lives, as soon as that becomes the focus, that's when I see things take off. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's a good point too. Then we fast forward probably eight years into it. Then we started thinking, well, we're blessing the people on our team and helping them create a legacy. What can we do to 10 X that? And then that's when we started our own nonprofit 
to give back to our clients and their direct family members when they're in a severe time of need. So it's all about thinking, how can I continue to give, give and give so that I have purpose behind what it is that I do every day? Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think it's such a vital piece that so many of us miss in our purpose of life. So yeah, when you know, when you're in your last few weeks, if you're blessed enough to know those are your last few weeks, you're not going to be checking your your bank account app. You're going to be thinking about all the people that you helped. And you're going to be thinking about your memories, your time with your family. It's just about making a big, as big of an impact as you possibly can. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think Steve Jobs is a great example of of that. As he knew he was dying, he he had the opportunity to to do what he wanted to do and to let people know that money was not the most important thing. Money's good for the money, for the good that money can do, Brian. Yeah. All right, Ricky. So thanks for, for giving us that background to get started here. Moving into to maybe a little bit more about how, how this transition happens to building a, a high-performance real estate team. The natural graduation, especially for KW agents, because KW <laughs> has taught the millionaire real estate model forever, it's like, okay, at some point I'm going to get to where I'm selling 50, 60 homes a, month, a year. I mean, and then at that point, I'm going to go try to build my team or I'm going to build a team within somebody's team, whatever it is. But there's like a natural progression to do that, which I think if you can figure that out and allow somebody to do that within your team, it is a way to keep your agents around longer because your focus is continuing to help them grow. Yeah, hundred percent. We do have teams within our team and it's working very well. I think that there's, there's some crucial things though, before you, before you start the team, it's not just about unit count. And some of these things, Brian, full disclosure, I didn't learn until after the fact. And so this session, I'm going to be sharing a lot of screw ups that I did. A lot of the things I'm saying you need to do, I didn't do them at first. And I, again, duty and obligation, it's my duty and obligation to share these things. So those that are building a team or starting to think of building a team can skip some of the screw ups that I did. And at the same time, you want to fail as fast as you can, because on the other side is a the road to success. I think it's crucial to know who you are and who you are as a company. And that starts with your core values. Your core values define you in terms of how you live your life, how you run your business. And I think it's important for for people starting a team to know what that looks like. And if you already have a team, I'll share with you what we did that was super impactful in identifying what those core values are for, for your company. And you get such buy-in from your team members and you learn a lot about where you are from a cultural perspective. Because when we started, we had mission, vision, values, beliefs. We had all that starting in real estate, Brian, but we didn't really know who you are in terms of core values. And if you don't know who you are, other people don't know who you are. So you don't, you're not attracting the people that are just like you. And when you're identifying candidates to join your team, you don't know really what to look for outside of natural personality style, which is super important. We're going to get into that. And are they driven? Do they have a track record? All those things are great, but you need to know at their core, what does that look like for them in terms of those values? And so what we did, Brian, is we at the time we had 12 people and we separated um, them into two groups. We got a stack of 50 cards. Every card had a core value on it and we separated them. And what we challenged them to do is go through the 50 cards. You have five minutes 
I want you to pick out the 10 values that you think best embody Kane Realty Group in your opinion. And so they went through that exercise. They couldn't hear each other either, Brian. They were totally separate, which was really cool. And, and then what we said is, okay, awesome. Now you have five minutes to break it down to five core values. Now, remember, we had 50 core values there, Brian, that were all a variety of different things. Now, every, everyone brought back 10 and then you came together with all of those and narrowed it down to only five. Is that? Is no, that they still narrowed down to five in their separate groups. On their own. Okay. Yep. And so then they came back. They have one presenter for each for each team. And then on separate boards, they wrote down the five core values. Brian, out of those 54 of the core values, each group picked the same value. So four of the five were the same. Oh my gosh, I just got goosebumps again. I remember just how proud I was that, man, we're actually doing something right here because one, these are the values that I would have picked. And two, everyone kind of agrees that we are who we are and it's consistent. So that was awesome. And then Brian, the two that were different, they meant the same thing. And, and so it was a matter of, well, which word do we want to use to convey that sentiment? And so it was an impactful exercise. It's something that's great for you to do on your own if you're just building a team. So again, you know who you want to attract um, and you know when you're looking at candidates, how to measure them. Um, and then again, if you have a team, it's such a great exercise because it shows you where you truly are within that journey because you may have those groups come back and they have totally completely different values. And then maybe you take that a different direction. So, so I just want to share those core values up in your office now, I'm guessing. We do. We do. We have those five core values on in our hallway. And so there's an image for each core value and there's a description of what that means. And um, what's really awesome, Brian, is so faith is our number one core value. And we put it out there. We are who we are. We pray every morning before we get into lead generation and coaching. And it is what it is. We put it out there and our candidate volume did drop by about 20%. But what happened though, is we started getting people that are more in alignment with who we are by letting people know who we are through those core values. And so while we got less candidates, um, just imagine for someone else too, you know, if someone's coming into their first day in the office and they don't know who you are from a core value perspective, and maybe they're an atheist or they're a Scientologist, or they just have a completely different belief system. And we're going in to pray on the very first day. That's not just uncomfortable for us. It's uncomfortable for them. So again, duty and obligation, it's your duty and obligation to know who you are. So you don't put them in a situation that they don't need to be in. Yeah. So basically um, so by having your core values, you're going to weed out those people that don't fit your culture up front. 100%. And that's okay. There's other teams that, that will have different values or maybe they don't even have any values. Some people, I mean, that's a great thing about real estate. There's so many different brokers and so many different teams. I can't tell you, I would say 90% of the time when we don't move forward with a candidate, we help them find their home. And that's another duty and obligation I think that we have because it doesn't mean they're not talent. It just means that they don't line up with where we're going. So how many, I think it can be a challenge to not just take everybody into your team. So how many agents do you interview before you accept one? I actually know these numbers, Brian. I'm, and, I'm so happy. And I don't want to know like how many you interview. Maybe there's three things. How many do you interview total? How many 
are not interested in you and then how many are interested in you that you have to walk away from. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Well, I know numbers from the perspective of for every 167 resumes, we make one higher. I know that. I know that number because I track it. Um, in terms of how many resumes to interviews, it's about 10%. And then from screening call to inviting them to the shadow, which I'm going to explain in, here in a little bit, it's about 50%. Then from shadow to next steps, which is a very comprehensive interview going over their life and what they need to accomplish over the next five years through CRG for it to be a massive success from that step to that step from the shadow and the KPA validation, which I'll get into in a second, which is a natural personality assessment based off of Burke. From, from that step to the next step of that comprehensive interview, it's probably about 20%. And then once we get through, once we get to that um, near final step, then from there, I would say it's probably, it's probably about 50% because we've already invested so much time in the front end asking powerful questions. We've seen them in the shadow and seen how they show up around other people. So we have a pretty good indication of, of what that looks like. Real quick too, some other tips and what to have things in place when you're building a team. Um, make sure you know what your standards are for the roles. Inspect what you expect. If you're hiring a role and you're doing that same role too, let's say you're an agent and, and you have standards for an agent role over here. Oh my gosh, make sure you're meeting your own standard. Don't expect someone else to do something you're not doing if you're in the same role. And then making sure that you have enough serviceable leads. Video training library is huge. Whenever someone has a question or whenever you're doing something, record it. We use Screencast-O-Matic, we love it. Record what it is that you're doing, put it in a video training library, and that way you can scale your training and your onboarding faster. I think that's the one thing that is probably the easiest thing to do that people don't do, which would save, I don't know, thousands of hours a year. Man, it helps so much. We have a very comprehensive 30, 60, 90 program. And it's uh, it's really cool because half of it is in a video training library. That way they learn how to use our systems. They have access to our playbooks for all of our different lead lovers. Everything's within that library. The next step that we want to do is have something like Lessonly or Trainual to put those videos in so we can kind of monitor the progress. Right now it's kind of on the faith system. And we do sometimes have people ask questions and our return question is, oh gosh, did you see that video in the video train library? It totally covered that. And we thought they had already watched it, but then by them asking that question, we think maybe they did it. And so- Does, um, the, does the technology you guys use let you know if they've watched it? No, it's just, unfortunately, the great thing about it is it's segmented in Google Drive. We have something called a growth library drive so they can search it by different keywords we've put in and, and they can watch them, but we don't get an alert. If we wanted to, we could go and see who opened that file, but we just don't have the capacity to do that. So train you on lessonly is something on our, on our um, end of year plans for sure. Okay. Yeah, I know uh, in speaking with Greg Harrelson yesterday, they utilize something where they know whether or not somebody has watched a video. It's like it checks it off automatically once somebody has watched it. Yeah, I think it was Asana. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's keep going. We have eight minutes left. What other areas did you want to dive into? 
Man, I've got a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to go fast and furious. Some tips and tricks to hire the best talent. Make sure you hire for the person and not for the position. Uh, or sorry, for the position and not for the person. You may really love someone and you see something in them and you think they'd be great. Or maybe you're being held hostage because you have a particular role that you have to fill because it's, it's causing you pain. Hire for the position. Have good screening call questions. People, that's probably the biggest mistake I see agent recruiters or agents building a team make. They don't ask the right questions in the beginning, and then they spend so much time with this candidate, whereas if they would have asked the right questions on a 30-minute phone call, they wouldn't have had to waste their time to find out what they could have found out early in the process. I'm happy to share those questions with you in a document. Anything that we cover, if you want any of it, shoot me an email at ricky at canerealtygroup.com. Three of my favorite questions I love. Um, I love asking, uh, why shouldn't I hire you? I love to see why what people say there. Um, I love to ask, hey, Brian, what question haven't I asked that I should have asked? By getting the answer to that question would give me even more clarity as to the value you would provide to the company. Um, it's interesting what you learn from that question. Are, are people um, fast to, to think and respond? Um, are people intelligent to actually understand the question? If they're asking me over and over again, or they say they're not sure, tells me a lot. Um, and then my new favorite is, tell me about a time when no one held you accountable, Brian, to your goal, except yourself. And you achieve that goal when you think other people would have given up. That question right there is huge, especially for what we're going in, what we're in right now with the pandemic. It's crucial, mission critical that you find people that are self-motivated that don't have to be motivated by an environment or by coaching. It, it's huge. They have to be self-motivated. And that's a great question to get to that. I'd also say um, go deep on references, get their permission to ask their reference for references, make it a goal to go at least two to three deep on three references. That's a standard with us when we're in our career visioning process that Keller Williams gives us. When we call the references, we make sure that we are asking the reference for a reference. Sometimes they give us a reference that's already on the sheet. 80% of the time, they give us a reference um, that's not on the sheet. So, because here's the thing, Brian, you're going to get a sheet of everyone that loves them. <laughs> you want to find the people that, uh, they're all right. You, you know, you want to find those people and get to the truth. So the primary goal in calling references are to get those second and third layer deep references. And again, if you shoot me an email, I'm happy to uh, to share the document that we use to get their permission for that. I, I don't want to take references lightly. And my experience has been uh, earlier in my career, I ignored references, right? I didn't call them. And you learn as you grow through experiences that that is the number one most important thing. It's is huge. Hiring is to make sure you you have real conversations with those references to really know how they feel about this person. No, hundred percent. A couple other things too that are part of our process to make sure you get the right people is um, that I, I mentioned the shadowing before. So that used to be in person. Right now we're still working virtually, and we do it from eight a.m. to eleven a.m. It allows people to see what our systems look like. It allows them to see what our coaching looks like and sounds like. It allows them to participate. It is a, it is a participatory shadow. It helps them decide, can I see CRG as a long vehicle or the long-term vehicle for my career success? And it allows us to quickly see with a group of candidates between six and eight every week, 
can it doesn't make sense to continue a conversation with this candidate we also have them send a follow-up email and we say please send a follow-up email with what you loved and what you learned in a timely manner it tells us what does timely manner mean to them how motivated are they because if they're getting back to us three days later they're saying they're excited and there's three days later this is a life-changing opportunity for them so what are they going to do when a lead comes in man are they going to call them a week later and so that gives us a lot of a lot of perspective as well so the shadowing is is great it's been highly effective for us and it helps us scale faster um, another thing i would mention is the very last part of our process is meeting the significant other and so what we do now the first time we meet someone in person right now is during what we call a meet and greet and so we have this place where it's outdoors we can socially distance and we allow the candidate and their significant other to come and meet myself and our leadership team just to have a couple of drinks and have some appetizers let's get to know each other the main point of that is one to make that bond with the candidate because we're in a virtual world still and we still did this before the virtual world and then we also want to see who are we letting into our organization right because it's not just the candidate you're letting that significant other in too and when your candidate and your hire has a rough day or maybe a rough week we need them to be a support system and so by getting buy-in from the significant other and having them as excited about the opportunity as the candidate, as the candidate is, we know we have an at-home support system that's going to be there to give a positive you know, motivation and accountability and so forth to the person that we're bringing on. So that's been huge for us as well. Uh, Ricky, on the spouse thing, I think, I mean, so often we don't even think of including the spouses. Uh, I think it's important that even on your annual retreats, you have a portion of that where you have the spouse involved, where you're thanking them. And it's so important that their spouse buys into the fact that I'm going to support them working nights. They're going to be showing houses at nights. I'm going to support them in that. Um, 100%. And we do that during our advance as well. Uh, the evening part is always... Um, always uh, significant others are invited. And so that's a big part of our um, annual business planning advance as well. Okay. Last thing, just because we're, we're out of time. I'll mention some mistakes that I've made in the past. Look at track record, y'all. If someone's never been successful in a sales role, they're probably not going to be with you. And I know right then when you heard me say that, they're saying, Ricky, but maybe they just haven't been in our environment. They haven't had our systems. They haven't had our leads or haven't had our coaching. Oh my gosh. Look at track record. If they've never succeeded as great as you are, they're not going to succeed with you. So that's, um, that's something that is huge. And then the last thing I would say is your business grows to the extent that you do. Your lovely bride mentioned that yesterday. I love that she said that. If you're not personally, if you're leading others and you're not personally working on your personal growth daily, you are not going to get, be able to get the best out of the people that are working with you and for you. So make a commitment to have a growth calendar, um, put three to four things on there a month and make it have an intentional focus on your personal growth so that you can get the best out of the people that you care about. Yeah. Okay. 
Ricky, you've done all kinds of great advice today, and I, I have a few minutes, so I'm going to ask you a few questions. You've you've had great advice around how to leverage and build and bring the right people into your business. Let's shift gears a little bit, um, which I know you weren't planning on, but since we have a few minutes, what are the most important things you're doing right now for your business to make sure that 2021 is going to be huge for you, that you're going to capitalize on the growth that the market's seeing right now? Well, right. Well, first and foremost, keeping score. And we keep score through a product. You may have heard of it. It's called Sizu. Kind of a funny name, but it's a great product. And and so it's all about keeping score and keeping um, what you, just like earlier I said, inspect what you expect. So it's keeping score, keeping the scoreboard front and center for everybody to see so that they know um, when to celebrate and they know when to push harder because maybe they're not succeeding. Um, so that that's a big part of it. And we also know that all the lead generation we're doing right now, it's for January closings. And so if you're not 90 days ahead, you're already behind. If you're thinking, well, I'm going to start these activities from my business planning in December or January, you're not going to see that until March or April. And so one thing that I would tell everyone on the call is whatever you're doing right now, you're going to see the fruits of that more than likely January of 2021. So if you're not already working on your new and improved systems or your new standards or whatever that may be, because you're waiting a little bit for whatever reason, you're behind and other people are going to pass you up because most high performance teams and high performance agents understand that what they're doing right now is January of next year. Yes, 100%. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us today. I always love listening and, and learning from you. and. Uh, not only as a as an individual and a person on a personal level, but just also on, on getting advice on systems and, and your experience and working with so many of those. So thank you for joining us today. We're grateful to have had you here and we'll be in touch with you shortly. Uh, you good. Thank you for having me and um, blessed to be here and blessed to be partners with you. Yeah, thank you so much, Ricky. All right, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.